so, you know, I told Wes, I said, I kind of just need to, like, write out a timeline of, you know, trying to remember dates and things. And there's, like, so much that happened with that dog. There was just so much. So I told him, I said, I think this is probably two podcasts where I cover this necrotizing fasciitis. Well, you first have to cover the start of Mooey. Of Mooey. I mean, well, first I want to talk about Mooey. Moo. Moo. I was shocked to see that many people comment on that post last night. It's like 150 people commented on that post. I thought, wow. And the majority of them were there when that happened. And they they remember remember coming to the gala and meeting Mooey and touching Mooey and... And then all the other people who don't, they're just like, we want to know about Mui. So it's a podcast that I, well, quite honestly, it's a podcast that I knew that I needed to do, but there's parts of this story that I didn't, felt kind of like an invasion of my privacy with the, with the dog fight. Yeah. That it, it's like you had to do with, you know, Sweet Baby and Daryl. Not fun to talk about at it's all. It's not fun to talk about because it's your own dogs. Crap happens, though. Yeah, but it was a bad one. And yeah, but we're a bunch of control freaks, so when something like that happens, you lay the, Are blame, you you lay the blame on yourself extra hard. Yeah. And uh, it's not fun. Well, and I mean, we'll get to that in the story. I, I do want to talk about Mui first, but in that aspect of the story, once we get to it, is the first time that I ever felt like I don't know what I'm doing with dogs. I don't know what I'm doing. You think you know everything, mm-hmm. and you get into a situation like that, and you go, I don't know anything. Working with the big groups of dogs all day, every day, it can be incredibly humbling at times where yeah. you have those moments. I've had a few of those moments, but the rest of the time, you're like, I know exactly what I'm doing, right? Um, and everything's working out, but you know, when you work with animals, sometimes weird shit can just happen. Yeah. Um, and it can just come all at once. The more dogs you have, the more variables you have. The, the more, more plates, incidents that you're in, exposed to. The more plates I had are the, sa- the same feeling with that Seuss dog that knocked me to the ground and oh, bit yeah. my back of my leg. You're just like, this is not normal. Yeah. I just, you know? And you're shocked. You're shocked by it. It's just a five-second video clip burned into my memory. Yeah. Watched him gallop go right behind you, grab you, flip you like this, and then just... Oh. Wagging his tail. I just... You just can't, you can't even believe something like that would happen. Just and try to make sense of it. And that's I, had that, I had that dog in my house for two weeks. Show anything like that at right. all. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so anyway, I'm going to talk about Mui. You know, the Mui that we all loved and knew and what we... First of all, her name was Marie. Her name was Marie. Yeah, Marie. <laughs> But Who was it that couldn't say Lillian? Marie? It was Lillian. Lillian. <laughs> she couldn't do her R's. Yeah. <laughs> she's little, and she's maybe three or four. I, I don't know what year you got Moo, but Lillian couldn't say her. I got Moo in 2008. Wow. Oh, okay. So, so Lily's two. Yeah. Okay, so Lily's two. I bought two. her for myself for my 50th birthday. A present from me to, to me. me. <laughs> it's the best kind. <laughs> so Lily's two, and she can't say her R's. And it's hilarious. Like at all. Like at all. So I mean, she because a car is a coup. It's a coup. Yeah. <clears throat> like she said, would sing "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." Twinkle one. Twinkle Little Stew. How I wonder what you ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so she can't say Marie. So she calls her Mooey. Mooey. So Mooey. Mooey. 
and that's and that always stuck. that just stuck. Yeah. I mean, it, it just stuck. I Rarely mean, I, did you yell Marie, and it's when she was in trouble. It was big, when she's in big trouble, then you she's otherwise she's moo 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 moo, moo. and everybody <laughs> would just go moo 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 moo, meh, meh, or, meh, and then it would just go <laughs> meh. <laughs> and we would do that because her little personality. Yeah, she kind of shake little fish eyes. This. She would just yeah. kind of waddle and like shake at you. Lots of haw, you know, so much haw. Yeah. <laughs> the cutest little puppy ever. And this podcast, and she's <laughs> tiny, like Bessie. She's tiny, she's tiny. So, so the best part. So, Marie comes on the plane from a breeder in I don't Pennsylvania. Know in Pennsylvania. So she came, you know in a crate from the breeder on the plane. So we go to pick her up at the airport and Lily was with her, with us when we did that. I think Eva and Lily were both with us. Violet uh-huh. wasn't born yet. So we're expecting our puppy who's, you know, eight weeks old to be all scared in the crate and to, you know, she's such a monster. Yeah. And we I remember like we're at the freight location out yep. somewhere outside of the airport or something. We get her and, open the crate and expect this sad puppy to be in there. And we get this puppy that comes out like this. Yeah. She <laughs> kicks her feet. She, she kicks her feet. Like, she would always hey. kick her back yeah. legs like dogs after they take a poop or something. They kicked her back legs, but she would just do that just for just, yeah, <laughs> just for, just for, for fun. <laughs> she comes out of there like this. She's spicy. <laughs> Not one bit afraid. No, no, never ever had fear in her whole, in life. her whole life. Yeah. Yeah. You nothing frightened Mui. She had the confidence of a two thousand pound mastiff. Yeah, and she'll tell you all about it. And she's a very dominant little dog. Just a very dominant little dog. She bossed every dog in the house. She was in charge. She of tried every to boss dog. you. She <laughs> tried to, to boss me <laughs> when she's like ten weeks old. <clears throat> I'm going to cut her toenails and she's like, she's going to bite me. <laughs> oh, you're going to you're going to bite me, but bite me. Ten weeks this old. is not happening. <laughs> this is not happening. They had one of these. So it was just me and Moo. Like, well, we're going to work this out right now. And that, that was the only time I ever had to do that with her. Of let's like lay down the law of the Mui land right yeah. here. And that was the end of that. You could always cut Mui's toenails. And I'm always in charge. But, but the, she's always right under you. <laughs> she's always right. Yeah. <laughs> Second in command. It's like you and then Moo. Mui, right here. And then everybody else is down here. <laughs> <clears throat> so I mean I always had a bond with that dog Wes always fought that you know if anything ever happened to me he, my dog that's we always dog. fight over who gets what dogs if something that one wasn't a story. fight that was just a mandate <laughs> like they do with Bessie they did it with Moo too yeah so yeah she's a funny little dog she was always just a tiny little thing I mean she probably weighed you know 13 pounds or something like she's little and she'd get stuck in the yard like, like when, she was a, when she was a little pup and she I mean I was very worried about her in the yard because she was so small that like a hawk or something's gonna pick her up because she's tiny so I'd always stay close She'd go out there in that grass. She'd roll. She'd like roll over on her back, and she's like a turtle and get stuck there. Couldn't like roll her. Couldn't roll herself back. She's just. A, she was a square. She's like. Yeah. Like Bessie. You're her just little like legs little were like square. this long, and her little body was just a little square. We had to be careful with her because she's little, and she liked to get in the water bowl, and like she's too little to be in the water. Like you're gonna drown. You're in gonna the drown water in the water bowl. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, she was. Uh, she was always in charge of the other dogs. They always gave her a wide berth. Whatever she decided that she owned, they they just know. They just it, it, the, the funniest thing that she would do is in the kitchen is if I'm chopping stuff and something falls on the ground, 
Everybody knows. Don't even go near that because that's Mui's. And Mui's like, that's right. Like, it's mine. She'd, like, give him the... the, the <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she would do she, something. She would own that by just casually standing there and then doing this. <laughs> that's all. That no was sound. No. no hair up. No growling. Nope. And just, she doesn't even ugh. want it. And yeah, the whatever's on the floor, she <laughs> never wants it. She, she ate nothing. She wants not one single thing she of what it is. Doesn't want you to have. She it. might just like smell it and like like that, and then that's it. And then but just nobody else there. can have it. Yeah. yeah, nobody else can have that. She'll cut you. Though. Exercise and power. Exercise and power. <laughs> uh, during that the time that I had her is when my dad was dying from cancer. And I would have to go back to California and spend, you know, sometimes uh, like a couple of weeks, sometimes three weeks, sometimes. <laughs> Loretta. Loretta. <laughs> and she, I mean, we're just very bonded dogs. Every time I'd get the suitcase out, she would get in. She's in the suitcase. I took many pictures of her <laughs> sitting in the suitcase, not, want, not wanting me to go. But the longest time that I was gone and I came back, she had a bunch of hair missing. I caught her back, and I took her to... Charmin was my vet. I mean, not Charmin. Dr. King was my vet then. And she said, she has mange. She has Demodex. Mange. She goes, you had anything? Like, any changes in your life? And I'm like, well, I'm not... I'm like, I'm not home a lot, because... She goes, it's... Because Demodex is, is stress-related. I they, didn't know well, that. You, it's like you weaken the immune system, and then the Demodex yeah, can take it's on over. their body all the, the time. Because the Demodex lives on a dog's body all the time. <clears throat> It's like it's like the the you know the like, uh, the skin bugs that we have like in our eyebrows and stuff. Ugh. Yeah, okay, okay. That's, that's gross. <laughs> that we all do. They're living on our eyelashes. Go away, eyebrow bugs. But the demonex is on dogs at all times, and that's why it's usually like staff. It's just on your skin. It's why puppies usually break out with it because their immune system is not that strong. Oh, I see. So she's losing hair because she's having stress from me being gone. So, because it's hard to carry the torch when you're not there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> just so much move so responsibility. Much <laughs> so much move. Heavy lies the crown. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, she recovered from that after my dad had passed away, and then I stayed back home. Then she grew all of her hair back, and she was back on the trails, and she always loved to chase the chickens. She'd yeah. run along that chicken yard, just chase those hens. It's just a fast little tiny thing, chasing roosters around. <clears throat> I forgot about a little steam hole. I think that must have been an injection scar when she was a puppy. It, it was, was in, pretty good, though. It was on her neck, and it was, it was just like a, bald. But it's like the, it was like the size of a, <clears throat> like a pencil eraser. Yeah, yeah. bald. Yeah, bald. Nothing, nothing on it, but yeah. like right on the back of her neck. Yeah. And we used to joke that it was her steam it hole. It was her steam hole. Like a little <laughs> trying, nasty. To, trying to let some of the steam out that, that Moose got piled in there. Because, you know, she was just like this. Yeah. <clears throat> Remember she used to pull the legs off water spiders too. Oh, she did. <laughs> Brutal. Get those spiders here. <laughs> these weird. We have these weird spiders in Texas. You probably don't have them everywhere in the country, but they're they have really long legs. Like, Their body isn't very like, big, but they have these really really hair-like long, long legs. Yeah, yeah, the body is like the size of an M M&M, and M, and then the legs go like they're huge and long like and three thin. or four inches in some yeah. of them. So she always just mm. liked to pull, like their, legs pull their legs off. She didn't want to kill him. She just, she just wanted to torture to, him to, to death. <laughs> <laughs> pull, your, pull your legs They off. shouldn't be trespassing. <laughs> so when we get to the event, it's important to understand the dynamics of the group of Mui being in charge. Um, she doesn't put up with any bullshit. You know, 
If there's like a dog fight that's going to break out, she's going to she's going to stop that. She's mm-hmm. going because you know she wants balance. You're going to be balanced. She's a closer. <clears throat> she was a closer. So the event that happened was a, just another typical day, but I <clears throat> I always had trouble with Satchmo and Sarge because Satchmo could be an asshole. You have to I mean, say who Satchmo is. Satchmo was the very first French bulldog that I ever had. He's like an oversized black Frenchie that was a stray in Southern California. Very so he, similar in personality to Lamont. He's kind I mean, yeah. If, yeah. Like if Satchmo could come back to life, he'd came back as Lamont. Yeah. yeah. Macho bastard. Macho yeah. bastard. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like other dominant males. Right. So the, I would have this issue with him because <clears throat> I had Sarge at that time, which is a big male Bordeaux. Um, also macho. You know, Sarge was dominant, but not not that not that yeah, dominant. He, yeah. I mean, he really t- he took it on the chin. He would take it on the chin. Mm-hmm. Satchmo was always looking to correct him, always looking to correct him. And and Sarge would typically just kind of back off, just back off, back off until this day. And it was morning and I like I always do, you know, out we go for a, a pack walk. <clears throat> and it was just outside my backyard where the chicken coop is. <clears throat> my old chicken coop that had a chicken fence around it that was probably six feet high, if not seven. Of, it was yeah, like you had seven. a gate. Come on. Leave those chickens alone, though. Out in the backyard, <clears throat> and then there was kind of an empty space that led to the property, and then there was another gate to get into the chicken yard. Yeah. So you're going for a walk. You're going out your backyard gate. And then there's a separate chicken yard that's yeah. like an island. So immediately, Satchmo's going to be an asshole, and he jumps up <clears throat> under Sarge, under his neck, and is like going to correct him. And that day was the last day that Sarge was going to allow that. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking <clears throat> it on the chin, he's like, nope, nope, bastard, yeah. it's going to be on. And, and Satchmo, being a bulldog, and when it's on, it's really on. It's going to be on. So, you know, he makes that correction on Sarge, and Sarge is like, you know, goes back after him. So then Satchmo comes back after him like 10 times stronger, and now here comes Moo, because she's not going to tolerate that. Yeah. She's going to, this is, this is not going to happen. So now I have a three dog fight with a, you know, 120 pound Bordeaux and a 35 pound French bulldog who's the two boys, they're not going to lay off of each other. I mean, I had Sarge by the back of the neck, but I can't get Satchmo to not stop flying at him. Yeah. So in comes Moo, she's gonna try to stop it all. And that's when all hell broke loose. Because now it, it turned in, it, it started as a Satchmo-Sarge situation, correction by Moo, but now the pack is going to get involved. Yeah. You know, I got Peggy, who is a closer. Peggy's a closer. Peggy's gonna, a closer. Peggy's going to get into that. B's going to get into that. And here comes Baby Girl. Yeah. Which, to this day, Baby Girl was the most shocking aspect for me of this whole thing that was happening. So I'm trying to stop this. And this is when you question in your head, whose dogs are these? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, uh, these are these are animals because they because they don't become they're not your dog anymore. Yeah. And that's the thing that that's the thing that's shocking and difficult to grasp and comprehend. Like you said, control freak. So 
I expect to have control of my dogs at all times. Well, you exercise control over your dogs all day, every day, and you win those battles. Yeah. And then the one time you lose, it's a devastating loss. It was devastating. And it was... I mean, I'm going, I have all these flashing images in my head of like, what's, I mean, you'll never forget something like this nope. of what, what takes place. And like I said, I, I could get Sarge and Sarge would have backed off if I, but Satchmo wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't. And he's fast and he's darting around he's him. Low, so and he's, he's low. So he's low. He's quick and he's Quick and he's muscle. under, and he's under him. Yeah. <clears throat> So then by this point, now I've got Peggy and I've got B and I've and I've got baby girl going after Mui, going after Mui. And Mui, she's had she's been bit. She's got she, I can see a puncture mark on her shoulder. So I picked her up because I had to I remember making this conscious de- decision. I have to save one of these dogs lives. Is it going to be Satchmo or is it going to be Mui? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you made your bed, Satchmo. If I, if I can't save you in this, then so be it. But mm-hmm. I'm getting Mui. I'm, I'm getting Mui. And I'm probably 15 feet from the chicken yard because now I've picked up Mui. And if you know anything about dog behavior, when you have a pack that's embroiled and you pick something up off the ground, then they're going to go for that. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't stop. It doesn't it. They're stop still going to try no. to get it from you because they're still in that fighting <laughs> mode and going and going and going. When you pick up that other dog, that dog is now triggered even more because they understand the vulnerability transfer that just happened. You pick up another dog like that, the other dogs who are still battling mentally, you, they're just now told that now I can. Now, now, here's really my chance because this dog doesn't have its true it, it, faculties it's, yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, and that was baby girl. That's mm-hmm. baby girl coming after Mui. She's coming after her. Yeah. And I had to, I, I'm looking for options, you know, like what to do. And my only option was I looked at that chicken yard and I thought I have to put her over the fence. I have to put her over the fence and get her out of this scenario and then try to go for Satchmo yeah. and try to end this. Because it's going on. You know, the squabbling is going on around me. But I'm trying to save lives at this point because this is going to escalate to, like, dangerous situations. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I picked up Mui and I reached up, like I said, I think that fence is, is like six or seven, 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 foot. seven foot high. And I had to drop it. I don't think it was even, I don't think it was that high. It was pretty high. It was that it's, high. It feels on that high. That, on, that, on that side, mm-hmm. it was high. Mm-hmm. And I had to drop her. Yeah. And I'm, I'll never forget watching her go down, hit the ground, and seizing. Because she took a blow. And, I, and I'm like, then I go back to what's happening with Sarge and with Satchmo. And Sarge is going to kill Satchmo. He's, gonna, yeah. he's going to kill him at this point. And I, I grabbed Satchmo, and I tucked him in in front of me, and I'm bit. I got bit by Sarge during that process on my arm. You same same thing. You better get down from there. Down, bubs. Dumb, bubs. So dumb, bubs. Thank you, bubs. Same idea. You, now you have one in your arms, and they're going to go for it. Right. They're, they're <laughs> coming for him, but I have no other way to end this because I don't have enough to do this. With, there's too many dogs. I yeah. don't have enough hands. Yeah. So I remember holding Satchmo. He's covered in blood. 
and I'm uh, and I pushed my body against that chicken fence with him in front of me. Just put just blocked him and pushed my body. Like if you guys are going to go after him, you're going to have to go through me. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, your dad appeared because yeah. I, because I'm just alone that whole time. And it was a, it was really weird because he said. It was because it was early morning and he wasn't up yet. Yeah, this is like 7 a.m. Like yeah, 7.30 in the morning, something. Yeah. And on this property, when you're a distance from the house, people can't hear you. You can't. Sound I could be, travels in only certain I could, directions. I mean, I could be yelling and screaming out there. Nobody can hear you. Nobody. Wes was upstairs at that point. He couldn't hear anything. Yeah. No, not around that. <clears throat> it was summer and he, would, he had a, a window air conditioner, so he's not going to hear that. And that's what your dad said. He goes, I got up. And, he, and the wind, I had a window air conditioner in my bedroom, too. And he goes, something, something told me to go to the window and open the blind. Because he went over there to shut the window air off. And, he, and then he could see what was happening out there. And for me, it just, it's like he just appeared. Like it was just kind of magical that he just appeared. And another person showing up was enough to change the mindset. Doesn't yeah. they go like this? Oh hey. oh hey and and at that moment they're all just your dogs again yeah and it's like it's like this nightmare that you go through i have no idea how long that went on for whenever you're in that kind of a situation uh, t- you have no so idea longer. of time no idea of time and <clears throat> i still to this day don't remember from there the, yeah, ne- the next, the next thing I remember is I'm standing in the back porch with, um, Satchmo, with Satchmo in the in Mui in the sink washing washing them to see what their what their wounds look like. So I don't remember getting in the house. I don't remember how Moo came out of the chicken yard. What she looked like. I don't remember any of that. So <clears throat> it's all superficial, you know. I washed Satchmo. He's got a little scrape here. He's got a little puncture here. Yeah. I, a lot yeah, of the he, times, a lot of times it's like that. Even in a, even in a. Because dogfight is a general term, you know, but this was dogs fighting, dogs locked in, dogs not stopping without yes. without physical intervention. Yeah. You physically having to move and pull and take another dog away. Um, and sometimes, or a lot of the times, a true dogfight will be, it's very ugly and stressful and gross. But even it's in like those nothing. even in those worst times, it's like there's not any injury. I've seen usually. dogs grab under uh, onto other dogs' skin and they've got it and I could see them shake. Nothing. Not yeah. even a, not even a scratch. Right. And, and that's another dog Sa- that just go. Satchel had like, some had some big something. The whole front of my shirt was covered in blood, but Satchel got nicked on his ears. Well, you know well, how ears bleed. Like an ear. Yeah. So he's got like a nick on the ear. He's got a little. He had like a little something on his nose. It was. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, it was nothing. I mean, they're going to be bruised. They're going to be. They're right. going to have some serious pain. So then I have Moo in the sink to look at her, because you know she had a, she had a seizure. She took a blow. Yeah. I mean, she landed down and she took a blow, and I wash her and she's got a puncture on that shoulder. She has a puncture on that shoulder, and I was concerned about her because I had to toss her over the fence. So I took her to the ER. Satchmo, I'm like, I've got antibiotics at home. I put them, but I want her to get looked at. And they're like, well, I don't really see anything, any big deal here. You know, they flush it. They flushed it. It wasn't even like a drain or anything. You know, they they give me some simple stuff here, like take her home. So I did. The the biggest amount of trauma that occurred there was to me. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) mentally and physically. I mean, it was mentally 
unbelievable what I what I had just experienced because I had never experienced that with my dogs before, and I hope to never experience it again. Well, you yeah. threw Satchmo out. Satchmo came to live. Satchmo, I said Satchmo can't live with me anymore. This yeah. is this is it because I have this trauma now of baby girl. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to save a dog <laughs> from baby girl, and it just goes to show you because baby girl because, you didn't even mention was just like. Just the sweetest, most sensitive, low, very sensitive, low. Shy. I mean, to correct baby girl would be like, hey. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, have I ever had to correct baby girl? Have I ever? ever? So to see her go into animal mode yeah. is shocking. It and shocks you to your core. These are animals. They are. They're animals. And I don't you care and how we, much you love them and they're your baby. Or you put a little dress on them, they or you put a little what? The, I don't care what, you, mm-hmm. how you look at them. They they can every single one of them can go into animal mode. Yeah. And you know, I think one of the only reasons that happened is because baby girl is just not that bright. She's and not so, that bright. And so she got put into that stressful situation. Her mom is there. Um, you know, that's that's for mastiffs, in my opinion. That's 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 what triggers it. When the master is is in a vulnerable position, they just yeah. uh, that thousand years of protective. Her mama life. is screaming. Yeah. I was screaming, screaming and fighting for her life <laughs> and bleeding. Yeah, and so that's when the mastiffs, like I said, that ten thousand years of of, right. of being a she you know, looks your at guardian that, and protector. She looks at that. Mui's in my arms, and <clears throat> she looks at her as well. You, what are you doing to her? Yeah. What are you doing to my mama? You, you started it. Yeah, you know. So that's that's how it, that's the story that I've never wanted to tell, because it's just not a story that you ever want to tell. I mean, I've told my well, my family knows and my close friends know, but it's just a it's just something you don't want to relive. It's it's something that you, you it shakes you to your core, and it's very personal. You know, like I said, as as you had to explain with. You know, sweet baby and Daryl going yeah. at each other and trying to break that up because you've lost control of your dogs. Yeah. And that that is that is an awful, awful place to be. And with mine, like yours is at least kind of understandable. You know, you're going for a walk. It's a very excited time. You're creating imbalance. Of course, you would condition things to where you are always countering and mitigating that that activity you're making corrections you know who the main instigators the ones who are going to bring up the energy the quickest yep we're putting out fires really quick everyone listens to me and then we all go for a walk like you've done a thousand times mine was even you know so at least like your fight it's like that's that's understandable of course a fight can happen like that because like i said it was sarge's last straw yeah with satchmo correcting him the way he was doing yeah you you can track that you know exactly why that happened yeah with mine it just happened out of the blue, well, which were, is even more shocking. With a dog that was, yeah. you know, has a brain tumor. Obviously, yeah, the, he was going through <laughs> some some mental decline, yeah. and he showed little signs, but they'd be like every couple of months. In retrospect, looking back now, it should have been obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. Been like, I don't know what I would do. Like if I hopped in a time machine and went back and talked exactly. to Travis two years ago. Exactly. It's like, what do you even do? About Real easy this? to look back on that yeah. and say something <clears throat> different. Yeah. So that was a <clears throat> that was a Sunday morning with Mui that that happened, and like I said, I took her to the ER that day. Started her on antibiotics. Just didn't seem like it was like any big deal. She was very quiet, um, and I'm sure she was sore, you know, from totally. taking taking a fall like that. So it's like Monday, and it's like Tuesday, <clears throat> and I called Doctor D, and I said, "This this is what happened with Mui." 
I took her to the ER. They put her on antibiotics. I said, but I just don't like the way she looks. I don't like the way she looks. I don't like the, I don't like the way this wound looks. Because, you know, they had shaved it at the ER. So she's got a shaved spot. And she goes, well, let me look at her. Bring her in. Let me look at her. So I took her in there. And she took her back. And she, um, you know, she flushed that wound out. And she's like, oh, I don't like what's coming out of here. What would come out of there? It was, it was like brown yuck. Well, you never want brown. And she's like, you know, that just doesn't, that just doesn't look normal. So she goes, I'm going to put drains in there. So she says, I'm going to keep her. And she did. And she shaved her all the way. She put like three drains in her. Because I just want to make sure that, that we don't have pockets of things that can't get so out. So she would have to well, make. Well, it's like a shoulder, you know. So it's here. And then it, so it wants to kind of drain. You and know, there's a lot of movement. It's, it's being pushed around, <laughs> which just inflames more tissue that's already inflamed. Yeah. So she probably had to make some incisions to make that. I think she made three incisions. I have photos of that. I'll, mm-hmm. I will inject photos all along of mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. By you, you mean West. It's the worst part of the sh- anyway. <laughs> <laughs> West, West doesn't do gory pictures. There are some. Look there, I warn you, there are some horrible pictures, because what ended up happening is just unbelievable to look at. And poor Wes, he can't hardly he and he can't look at them. I saw the he, leak to the gallery yesterday. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not only are there it's horrible photos, but it's moo. You it's know, moo. it's it's little tiny moo. Yeah. Okay, so she's got drains in. So she's got drains in. She gave her, like, another shot of antibiotics. She goes, let's just see how she is, like, in the morning. So by the, by the next morning, I called her up, and I go, this thing smells. Yeah, I remember you and I looking at it and just being like, mm, this smells. This smells I've never stinky. smelled yeah. anything like that on a dog who's had a wound that's been on antibiotics since day one. Just the next day, too, even after a big antibiotic shot, that usually nips things in the bud. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I'm not... Ex- even at this point, I'm not expecting anything catastrophic. So I called Dr. D and she goes, you know what? Let's just, she goes, let's just take her to, it was called CVSC at the time. It's been changed hands to Blue Pearl now. Center for Veterinary Specialties in Louisville, which is probably it was like 45, minutes, 45 minutes away. Well, they have an ER in there, so they have a hospital, hospitalization yeah. staff. But that was like <clears throat> the critical care place. Yes. So I took her in there <clears throat> and they looked at her and like, okay, well. Let's, you know, get her started. We're going to clean it. They took the drains out. We're going to clean it. We'll put her on some stronger antibiotics. And let's just keep her overnight, and we'll just see how she does. And I felt good about that. Like, you know, not knowing, not having any idea. Why don't they put that brown stuff under a microscope? You'd still have to culture it. it yeah. Whatever the bacteria is, you'd have to culture it. To, I don't know what that means. Uh, <clears throat> that means that they're going to put it on a slide and let it grow. It takes a couple of days for it to grow for you to figure so out look what for it specific, is. Did they do that? Not no. at that point. Mm. At this point, we're still looking at a dog with a puncture. Yeah. I mean, it's like this is just not that you big of a deal. You would never jump the spar <clears throat> yet. So I went to bed that night and did not leave my phone on, which I will the mistake I will never make again in yeah. my entire life. And I wake up to a voicemail. Of this lady, the things that were coming out of her mouth about Moo, I'm like, I'm in the twilight zone. Because she said, I don't think she's going to make it. Like, like her systems are failing, her organs are failing. And I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? She's got a puncture wound. <laughs> You're the wrong dog. So I call her back and she's like, this is looking like necrotizing fasciitis. And I hear, heard that, and I just went, oh, I, I just can't even believe it. Words. I just can't. It's flesh-eating flesh bacteria, bacteria, which 
I mean, I'm sure people know stories of dogs, people who get flesh-eating bacteria. They, go on, they have a little wound, oh, and they go swimming oh, in a lake. And they come out, and that wound, and they end up losing their leg or yeah. losing their arm because it just starts eating your flesh. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is Moo. This is what Moo has. So this is, a, I think it's like a Wednesday or a Thursday. So we're like kind of four days after, the initial, after the initial incident. And I remember her saying to me, because this is a whole other aspect of this thing. We're looking at like probably 10 grand to try to save this dog. This is early on when we started Lone Star Dog Ranch. I don't have, I don't have, I can't, I can't afford that. We could barely pay bills. I mean, seriously. I think at that time I made like $8 an hour. I probably had like $10,000 in a savings account. And I'm thinking, I remember saying to your dad, because he's like, cause your dad is, he doesn't care about money. Mm-hmm. He just wants, you're just going to save the dog. I don't care, I don't care how much it costs. <laughs> he's that guy. He's that guy. I'm yeah. that guy too. <clears throat> and I have to be the rational one. And I said to him, I'm just not ready to just like let this go. I mean, you know, it's my moo-moo. It's hard to try to make that decision in that moment of... Because how old, how old is she? In, in the, is she like four? Four or five? She's seven. Okay. She was born in eight, and this happened in 15. It happened in 15, because I was pregnant with yeah. Mabel, but hadn't told you that yet. So she's seven. <laughs> and perfect, Things I remember. <laughs> in, in perfect health. I mean, a vivacious little moo, moo, moo. Yeah. Just, you know. And all of, all of a sudden, I'm faced with this. So I talked to your dad for like five minutes. He's like, I don't care how much money it costs. I don't care if you drain your savings account. You save that dog. <laughs> well, I'm having a heart attack. I mean, I'm having a heart attack because it's not a rational thing to do, but <clears throat> I always operate on my gut. And I told the lady, save her life. Just save her life. Yeah, because she's seven years old, but I mean, the dog is a freaking badass. Like if any dog can get through this, it's going to be Moo. Exactly. Any dog. She can, doesn't stress. She doesn't panic. She's she she has the will of all your dogs combined. Yes. So so I go mean, for it. And that's one of the things you factor in too. Yeah. You know? She's you as a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. <clears throat> so they ended up putting her with um, I can't remember what that doctor's name was. Thompson, Doctor Thompson. Thompson, who was a critical care specialist was assigned to Mui. God, I loved her. She had her own, like, incubator. Like, think of a baby incubator, like, in the middle of the room. Moo's in this incubator. And, you know, I got, I got Lady Galloway on board. And it's like, I don't know, with like in 24 hours, that money is gone. Like, yeah. You know, you, you don't get this kind of care for... She basically has her own doctor just sitting next to her incubator. Yes. 24 hours a day. So what yeah. is that, like, three grand a day? Oh, I don't know. I... They took her to surgery. They got to bride that. And they opened that up. And then Dr. Thompson sent me photos of that, like which soup. I will share with you. And Sorry, it, And it is shocking. It's yeah. shocking. It's like French onion soup. <sighs> I can't wait to see but, that. You know, it's here's awesome. Mui. She's this big. And I'm not joking. She's this big. And her shoulder is opened up like this much. Her whole shoulder to the middle of her back. Yeah, there's no skin there. There's no, there's no skin there. And a lot of muscle is missing. And a lot of her muscle is missing. <clears throat> and you can see in the what would be pink flesh, you can see the brown. And that's the, that's the necrotizing fasciitis that's in there eating. It's so they got to go in there eating. and try to scrape that away. They have away to try to scrape that until away. Until they get back to healthy she tissue. She went into surgery 
she had to have gone into surgery 10 times where they go in there and scrape and scrape and scrape and scrape and open it and scrape it. And this is open all this time. It stays open, you know? Well, there's no skin to cover it. There's no skin to cover this. <clears throat> and that's when Laura whipped into action and she started a GoFundMe. Of course she Which did. Which I hate. It still irks me just thinking I, about I, it. I, and you know what? I got so <clears throat> much shit from people who hate me. Yeah. Of the, like, how dare you take this money for, like, you're disgusting. It's just, and, it, and it feels disgusting. Yeah. It doesn't feel disgusting to the people who give it. And there's a line there in your brain that you have to, you have to accept. Yeah. And you, I, you, you basically just have to take all that on the chin. And they raised, like, I don't know, $35,000. And it cost that much. Yeah. I think it was more than that. And that was a whole other thing because Laura started that GoFundMe. And when you start a GoFundMe, that money comes into her bank account, goes on to her tax return. You have to pay taxes on that. That's you what people don't realize about that. GoFundMe. You have to pay tax on that money when you're a person who does that. Yeah. So Laura had to get real creative with her CPA to get around that, to not have to pay tax on that money. Anyway, it was a whole element that people don't take into consideration. And all of this stuff is like rotting my brain. Yeah. You know, my dog, look at my dog. Look at my dog. Yeah, you can't, like, until you see the pictures of her with those wounds and in her incubator and, like... They have this whole, this whole area back there in the ER and she's in a glass, like, incubator like a baby would be and she's got a nurse that sits with her around the clock. She has her own nurse that sits with her. And but I would go just, see her all the time. You know, and I mean, I, I was in and out of there many times and they, you know, they end up with, it's the bandage changes and the debriding and the debriding and the debriding and cutting away and cutting away. She, she ended up losing all of the muscle in that whole, in that whole shoulder. They ate all of her muscle away. We're down to bone in many places, you know, and I, oh, I dreaded seeing my, the caller ID saying Carrollton, Texas, because I knew that it was them. I'm thinking they're going to call me anytime and tell me she's dead. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you, well, you gave it a good try. You tried your hardest, but, yeah. you know, she's dead. <clears throat> and every day there would be something. Because when this is happening to your dog, it's not just the wound well, that's happening to her. It's her blood pressure. It's her blood work. It's her albumin. Things are dropping. Things are out of, out of order. They're trying to balance things with medications. She has a, a long palate. So they're trying to do surgery on her. Well, they're intubating her and intubating her and intubating her, and they're gonna co it's going to collapse. They're going to collapse her trachea. Yeah. So uh, that's a risk. We're running a risk with that. Like, can she survive this? What are we What are we going to do with that? It got to the point where her albumin was so low, and they're like, "This dog needs to eat." I mean, because they have you have to get food in her. She's not going to eat. She for was them. never a good eater anyway. She would moo was a terrible eater. Terrible. So they said, come down here and see if she'll eat for you, which she did. Whenever I, I went in there with like chicken baby food and she ate for me. Nah. So then I would try to go <laughs> there every day to make sure that she would eat. You know, they put a wound back on her. They've got, they've got these, big, these big bandages with the Maluka honey. Manuka honey. Manuka honey in there and the colloidal silver. They're using, I mean, they threw everything at this dog, yeah. everything at her. The wound vac is they take this whole thing and put it on there, and it's like taped to her body. When I'll show you the images, you couldn't even 
even see her. She's like yeah. buried in bandages and I tape. I remember that. She's all taped up and then just a big tube All we could see is her little little With her little eyes. Little face. And she was in there. Oh, yeah. Because you know? we would go in there and talk to her and get our face up. And she'd... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they put this wound back on there that, like, is, you know, it's, it's sucking away nastiness. You know, it's like it's cleansing it and sucking away nastiness. The stuff's going out the tube, out the tube. You know, the brown matter. And after about, I want to say, eight or nine days of that, they felt like... They felt like they had conquered. They're back to healthy tissue. They're back to the. Now we have. Now we're going to do about closing it. We didn't even discuss that before because how how are you going to close it? But we have to save her life. So it's like eight or nine days later that Dr. Thompson said we're going to begin to try to close. So like I said, the, the opening is this big on her. So they would like grab at the bottom corners and just pinch it, you know, and pull that and let the pull skin, tuck and let the skin pull a little bit and pull a little bit to, uh, luckily she kind of had a little extra skin anyway in the, her shoulder yeah. and she had lost all of her muscle so that, so that it was thinner <laughs> there. Cause M- Mui had really pronounced muscles in her yeah, shoulders. Some Frenchies have a bunch of rolls and yeah, stuff like that. Some are like kind of jiggly and some are yeah, really tight. But she was always, yeah, super tight. Like, yeah. And filled with muscle there. Yeah. And the muscle went away, which allowed for more room with the, with the skin to close. So. <clears throat> I think she was in there for a total of like 14 days with closures and closures and pinching and closures and getting her blood work back to normal. And um, there was then, then came the point where she said, I think that she can go home. But. You know, her opening was still like this big because it has to it has to heal by second intention right. at some point. Which heal by second intention means let it, for that it heals let, it, let it heal from the inside, <laughs> there's out. inside out. There's, there's no really skin nothing, to cover it, so it's going to eventually there, granulate yeah. up and cover just, it. There's just nothing to do. Right. Basically, is what that. So means. she had a she had a bandage that was sewn on there. So you know, it's like this big around. It looks like a little bunting bag, you know. And they'd they they had she had stitches that that. It's almost like a little hook and loop. You know, the, the stitch stayed there. So they would, they would take the bandage and just attach it to the, the hoops that were on her skin. And she had to have that bandage changed every single day. She's got a feeding tube in her, in her in neck. Her it was in her neck. Because um, she's not going to eat. I mean, this, this dog's never... And she needs so much medication. You so, cannot pill this you, dog. You could never pill Mui. Yeah. Never. I don't... I'm good. Yeah. I can pill a dog. It's not like we don't have experience doing this. I would pill Mui, and I would stick that pill so far down her throat that, like, my whole finger is down there and come back, and she'd go like this. Yeah. And just bring it back up. So when they talked about sending her home, I said, oh, no, 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 no. No. Let me tell you about She's on, like, 15 medications. I said, that's not possible. It's absolutely not possible. And they said, okay, then we're going to take them, and we're going to grind them make a liquid out of it and you're going to push it into her feeding tube i still had to give her i had to give her three antibiotic injections every day i remember when she came home and you had a little panic i had a panic you're pretty strong but sometimes you get this like overwhelming panic you did this when you came home with your leg too and it's called a meltdown it's a (laughs) it's a little bit of a meltdown because you're looking at all these medications and the schedule on this and trying to figure out 
how am I going to even do this? Mm -hmm. So I just sat down with all the medications and I made a big chart. And this is what we're going to do. Because they're doing them whenever they're over there. Doing because... with, they're doing them with fresh horses who are on a shift. Well, but they're I'm doing up it... with her all night. So they're... now I have lack of sleep. So but then they're there every 20, you know, all day long. So if they give this one every, you know, at, you know, you know, three, six, and nine, and then they give this one at two, it doesn't, we can't do that. Right. We're going to get onto a, a regular, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get onto a regular schedule that makes sense for normal people. So, you know, I just figured it out and charted it out so it makes more sense for normal people, not yeah. for people who are on the 24 hour, hey. you know. You can, you know, ring your thing every hour and go give her something else. And then an hour later, go give her something else. And we're not doing that. So I'm going to, I mean, I have to flush this line to make sure that it doesn't get stuck with like medicines and pill bits. Because I'm feeding her. Yeah. I'm medicating her. This line wants to get clogged up. What was the food that you're pumping in? Just baby, baby food? food? Yes. Meaty baby food. Meaty yeah. baby food. Yep. The like just, the, like a metal, you know, the, the old glass Gerber's jar, Gerber chicken, chicken baby Blended food. baby food. And I would just bl blend that with water. And just stick that in there. Yeah. They had like a they had like a high high, high caloric, caloric supplement that I would add to that, and just feed her through that tube. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like holding her constantly. You know, this is my moo I'm just gonna Man. be holding her, <laughs> getting her medicines in her, and then and then there's the drive to the bandage change and bring her back. It's like I said, it's it's easily a three hour turnaround. Well, we had volunteers that would take milk. Pam would take her. Laura would take her. I remember Brandy Sasser took her. Mm -hmm. it, it, you and Brian took her. Yeah. Everybody just kind of chip in, and who's going to take Moo today? Because it's a you know a forty-five minute drive out there. It's probably an hour appointment. They're sedating her. Yeah, they got a sedator to do Unhook it. Unhook that whole bandage, flush everything out, hook a new bandage on her, and then you're on your way back. So it's like that went on for weeks. I yeah. mean, that was like weeks before she could get out of the bandage changes, until and she had the tube the whole the whole time. Mm -hmm. Until she could, like, come out of that. And yeah, and that's inner neck and then stitch so it stays so you don't pull the tube on I put a little shirt on her and tuck her tube into her shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I think she had a drain line, too, because it had a little squeezy thing in her shirt, too. Uh, looks like a squeak. It looked like a squeaker, like out of a squeaky toy. Oh, yeah. like, a, like a wound pump? Yeah, like, like the little... Like, 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 like what Joe had? Yeah, yeah. just like yeah. Could to collect there, yeah. so it's yeah. not drippy. To collect fluids that are building up in there. She was, I mean, it's like just unbelievable what you went through with a little dog that's this big. I mean, it's yeah. just like. But in her mind, that's not what she is. Right. And, and I'll never forget when she, when she came home for, without her final, I mean, it all got pulled or doesn't have a bandage anymore. And I took her out front to go potty, and she looked at that grass, and she dropped on her back. <laughs> go potty. Go potty, Come on. Come here. <laughs> the old stinker. Go potty. Hurry up. Hurry up. Come on. Come over here. Come here, Moo. Moo Moo. Come here. You're supposed to go potty. Go potty, Moo. 
You're not going? Hey, you, Marie. Hey. <clears throat> and I would take pictures of that shoulder. It's amazing how that healed. It's just amazing. And by the time all was said and done, it looked like a little tiny bald spot about this big on her yeah. shoulder. You could tell that her muscle had deteriorated. Well, and it had been pulled in different ways, so, like, the hair kind of went in different ways. Like it made a cowlick and yeah. stuff. You yeah. know, like the hair. Yeah, it would be, like, bald and then hair and then bald and then hair. Yeah. No, it was like it, you know, if the hair, you know, all lays down this way, but then in one spot it kind of lays this way. Because then they when they pulled, pulled it, tough. it pulled from the back hair that w grows that way, and mm. they pulled it down to the shoulder, so it looked like, 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 like a cowlick. It's like, like a little patchwork. Yeah. It worked. So yeah, so she survived that, and I when I was looking back at stuff, because I had to kind of recollect myself on the timelines and like what month it was and what year it was, because it's been a while. Um, <clears throat> well, then you've got the leg. You didn't touch on, on her other leg, because they're talking about, you know, all of that time they're talking about maybe amputating that leg with its well, all rotten skin on. Well, that's true. While she was in there, she had this, she had this bump. On the front of her leg. On her other leg. On her other leg. The good leg. Yeah. That I hadn't gotten to, like, what it's is like this? It's like here or something. It was like right right on the front up here at the top part. And it was like a little hard egg, you know? On the bone, though, not like on the skin. Not like fatty, not like fatty tumor or anything yeah. like that. Um, so while I have her in there, I said to her, I have not had this diagnosed yet, so... Is it bone cancer? Yeah. So is she going to lose that good leg? And I'm trying to yeah, save... We, I can't, we can't amputate this yucky leg only to find out that she has cancer in this other leg and she loses that one too. Right. So that's part of our decision making. Right. And I remember that they did a lot of x-rays on that and they said that it... Um, they said it was like, it's like calcium based. Like they just didn't think that it was anything to worry about. So then I didn't, you know, until she got stronger and then I did have it looked at you know when she died it was it was I was trying to think of why it hit me so hard but when I looked back at the timeline of this that's like July and August of 15 so then like two months later I had the leg looked at and it was cancer mm -hmm. I took her to an oncologist and it was a really weird kind of cancer that was that was easily remedied I mean it she had to go through like this weird kind of what, chemo. Yeah, that didn't like Inge make her sick. Or injectable. They would inject <clears throat> the chemo into the into the the hard spot. Right. Um, it, it, what he's it wasn't it wasn't operable to remove it because it had like tentacles into the bone. It had tentacles that would. So he said, "We're just going to inject this." I had to go there like I don't know six times or something, and they injected that in there, and it did work. It did. So so I'm thinking. All of that happened in July and August, and then I did the, the chemo on her leg like two months after that. <clears throat> and then the following June is when I noticed her, she went outside and I noticed her being wonky with her back legs. Oh, that's really weird. She looks a little drunk, like B looks, you know, but I know why B has it. So I watched that for a few weeks, and then I had Dr. Wilkins look at her, and she, you know, she walked for him, and he's like, yeah... 
You know, he goes, I don't really see anything out of line here as to why she's doing that. And I really didn't think that much of it until the catastrophic event that happened in November. In October. October. It happened on, on Halloween. Halloween. It happened on Halloween. Yeah. So it's, it's Halloween night. And I'm sitting in my bedroom. You know, it's not hot outside. It's Halloween. It's October. And no trick-or-treaters come here. So there's well, nothing we get trick-or-treaters at my house. And I, I see Mui. She came flying in that dog door. Like, it was literally like somebody threw her in like a baseball. Just threw her in that door. And she ran in that dog door. And she ran to my closet door. And she just looked like this. Like a crazy dog. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what, what, what are you doing? She looked terrified. So I'm thinking, did she get bit by a snake? Like, you yeah. know, what's going on? <clears throat> it's late in the season. You know, it's, it's the end of October. I turned on the lights outside and I'm looking around. And I don't see anything. I don't, what, like, what could have scared her to this point? Because Mui doesn't get scared. Yeah. So I'm thinking, this is really weird. I don't see anything happening. I don't see I and I pick I scoop and pick her up and she's tense and she's looking around like like just a crazy dog, crazy. And she's panting, 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 and I can feel her body is really warm. And I'm looking at her and she does, she's like not she's like she's not there. She looks like she's terrified and she's not there and I can feel her body heat. And your dad was on the phone with his dad, I think. And I went in there and said, get off the phone and drive me to the ER with Mui. And he just kind of like went like this, like, eh, in a minute. Because, you know, what's catastrophic? I'm holding her in my arms. Yeah. And she kept panting harder and panting harder. And I could feel her body getting hotter and hotter. And I screamed at him, get off the phone right now. And he did. And we got in the truck. And I called Dr. D while we're driving. And I said, should I go to your office? Or should I? She goes, no, you need to go straight to the ER. She goes, I don't know what's going on with her. And I said to your dad, I can feel her boiling in my hands. To turn the air on on the truck. And I just had her right in front of the air. But I could feel the heat coming off of her body. And I'm thinking, what is this? What on earth is this? I get her in there. And they took her straight back. And I'm waiting, and the ER doctor comes out. I hate this guy. Hate this guy. Puts me in a room, and he comes in there, and he goes, her temp was like, he goes, it's like 106. Oh, jeez. Her temp is like 106, and he goes, you know, your dog overheated. And I said, listen. No shit. (laughs) Listen. She gets you the listen, then you're in trouble. My dog has not overheated. My dog has a dog door. It's not hot outside. And my dog would, it's not like I've locked her outside and she's like overheated and oh, I just now noticed. She's overheated, it's because there's something wrong with her. Not because it's hot outside. He rolled his eyes at me. Oh. This is why you don't carry a gun. Just put my mom rips your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) And I get the eye and the the fingers start to do that. And I said to him, this is not a classic overheating. There's something wrong with her that's causing this. You need to get back there and figure out what's going on. So he turned and went. 
He comes back in like 15 minutes later and says her temp's up to like 107. He goes, I don't think she can see at this point. I don't think she can see. She can't hear. Because, you know, you're, you're talking about it's killing. It's She's killing boiling. them. She's boiling. It's killing them. Yeah, when, when the body temperatures reach those levels, you're, the, the organs are starting to cook. Organs are cooking. Your dog's frying. There's, yeah. You know, there's no, not going to be any coming back from this. He said, we're working on her trying to get her temperature down. He goes, I have no idea what's going on. Stop talking to me. Go figure it out. So Dr. D arrives <laughs> at this time. Thanks for the update. Yeah. So, he, so Dr. So D, Dr. D arrives and she goes into the back with him and she, pull, she pulls him aside and says to him. <laughs> you don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> you need to save this dog's life. This is, this is a, this is a. This dog is like revered. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and I hate that, but. You're being put on a stage here. Yeah. And don't come in here and tell me that my dog overheated and like try to put this on me because I'll kill you right now. I mean, yeah. I'll kill you. <clears throat> so they did get her temperature down. Dr. D was back there working with them on her. I think I have video of that, of her unconscious on the table with the oxygen in and trying to cool her body down. <clears throat> and they did stabilize her. So she transferred from the ER to Dr. Rolf the next day. <coughs> and this is, everything that happened to Mui was always just completely bizarre. <coughs> so Dr. Rolf called me and he goes, you know, she's stable. Her vitals are stable. You know, she's not deaf. She can see. Obviously, it was a catastrophic event for your dog's body temperature to get this high. But <coughs> they, don't, they don't see a cause for why this happened okay well that's really weird but he goes i want to keep her for a couple of days so we can observe her <coughs> so they did i kept her in the hospital and then he called me and said um come down here and i w i want you to spend some time with her because he goes i don't know your dog so they put me in that little room and he brings Mui in and he puts her in the room in the on the floor in front of me and she does nothing i see i should have known right then that okay That's because you know i mean everybody knew Mui. if she would see you she would go <laughs> <laughs> she'd come charging over to you and wiggle <laughs> be so happy to she see used to you bite my finger <laughs> <clears throat> nothing she just stood there so he comes in he goes how do you think she looks and i go well i don't know who she is i go that this is not my dog this is yeah. This is not what my dog would do. He goes, they're seeing a dog that's just kind of doing this. And that's you know? the whole yeah. thing is, is, you know, with her, with her body mechanisms, her everything, how, and how that would work, everything looks normal. But, but, you know, she can see, she can hear, but she doesn't behave normally. So I'm like, what the hell do I do with this? He goes, well, take her home and let's see, because, you know, what we're talking about is brain damage. Does she have brain damage? This is a shock to her body. Like, can she recover from that? Or is she damaged? Does she have brain damage and she doesn't recognize me? Or We don't know. We just don't know. <clears throat> so I took her home, and she immediately went under my bed. Like, she's going to stay under there. And I, and I looked at her under there, and she just, she's just standing there. It's funny because I was talking to Pam last night, and Pam goes, she remembered that she came over to see her that day. And she goes... 
I know. There was no reaction. Like, because everybody knew who Mui was. Well, Mui was excited to see anybody. 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 Any person that yeah. she meets, she has the same reaction. Like every unloyal Frenchie ever. The you completely know? unloyal Frenchie. Yeah. Loves everybody, mm. wiggles at everybody, and she just had, she was just dry. Just dry. <coughs> I remember you, you know, you were very upset and you called me, and I came over there. Um, and I just sat with her in the laundry room for like 10 minutes. And I remember just being completely amazed. It's, it's just like you said. It's like, who's, who's this, this dog? Who's this dog? Yeah. Looks just like Moo. Doesn't really act like Moo. Yeah. She, yeah, she's there and she has her faculties, but there's just those, these like mental limitations. Obviously, you know, not being excited to see you, all, all that stuff aside, but it's just like. It was like, like she was void of her personality. Fear, like generally fearful and just kind of, not like big skittish, but just like generally concerned it's just it's just a dog that just it's that just doesn't even really know where it is no it doesn't remember anybody. and that's the thing that i said to dr rolf i go she's paranoid you know she's <clears throat> she's getting under the bed yeah like you know she's yeah. like paranoid she could hear me because i would call her to come to me and she would just kind of robotically like come out but there's not any kind of personality behind it <clears throat> So I had her home over the one night, and the next day, she did it again. She just starts, she starts panting. I can feel her body temperature climbing again. I'm like, she's, it's, she's doing it again. It's just, it's going right back yeah. to what she was doing again. So this time I took her to CVSC. I took because they got a neurologist there, and, you know, they got to take this whole history, this whole bizarre history of what the hell you know, has happened in this period of time. Yeah, you got like a file cabinet in your car <laughs> where you're taking her with you. Seriously. I mean, they, look, they all knew her. They yeah. all knew her. Yeah, the, over at CVSC, yeah. they, well, they all... they know her everyone. and they know that this isn't her. Yeah, they, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even when she was having wounds, they still got to see the little wiggly yeah. move, yeah. Yeah. you know? So, yeah, the staff all knew her and they bring her in and I'm, they're getting the history from the regular ER of what on earth are we looking at and... They worked to get her temp temperature back down, just like we did the first time. It didn't get nearly as high because we it acted much faster this mm -hmm. time. And you didn't have a douchebag vet, so. Step <sighs> one, telling me that I overheated my dog. <clears throat> and then rolls his eyes at you. You roll your eyes at me. I'll, I'll kill you right now. I'll kill you right now. Um. So yeah, it was just the puzzling thing of the neurologist, Dr. Ducate, who I absolutely love took a look at her and she said you know I honestly think we're looking at a brain tumor here that's and that's when I flashed back on the wonky in the back legs mm -hmm. that was the first sign of it things just weren't and I and I said to the I said little to, twitch and motor skills you yeah. know like I said to Dr. Ducate how on earth can you have a brain tumor that just boom comes on like this and she goes well it appears to just boom like this but she goes, it's in there, and it's slowly growing, and it's slowly growing, and it's slowly growing. Slowly cracking away at the dam, just slowly, yeah. and then all of a sudden. First you see a little wonky in the back legs, mm -hmm. and then it, and then it, like you said, it kind of like busts the dam. It's pushing mm -hmm. everything in there, and eventually it pushes on something that. And now yeah, 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 there's, yeah there's, now. There's, there's the pressure, too, which, which affects a, a general area, yeah. and that's how it. Yeah, and so thing. much pressure on the part <clears throat> of her brain that controlled her body temperature mm -hmm. and the aspects of her brain where her personality was. 
and um, I still get emotional thinking about it. I remember coming out of that hospital and texting everybody and said, my dog was gone that night. She never came back. And I almost dreaded keeping her alive because it was a week. Yeah. It was a week of hospitalization and a week of panicking myself and trying to figure out what was wrong with my dog. And I went to go see her that last time. She's in that cage. And I opened it up and I reached in there and she just, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Did she like, she just stared at me like, who are you or yeah. what do you want? You know? That was the difference about, <clears throat> you know, all the hospitalizations that she went through before. But she's just a badass. She, and she was always and she, there. And, and she was always there. She's a, like, yeah, she's in a hospital and she's under 24 hour care. But somebody new comes up and she's all covered in whatever. And she's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. when, she but, was, when she was in there with the shoulder, didn't they like bring her babies and she would do the baby thing with them where she like, <clears throat> she like she loved babies. Like she when, had little toy, little toys in there because yeah. Mooie <clears throat> loved babies. Yeah. She lo loved little baby puppies. Until they got big enough to have toys. And then she's going to kick <laughs> and their And then ass. those toys belong to her yeah. and she'll kick their butt. Oh, you're <laughs> not like, no, you get to own things now. <laughs> but mentally for, for, for that period of time, it made it extra hard to try and hospitalize her and try and figure this out because she's not in there anymore. She's and not she, there. And she's scared. She's yeah. just scared all the time. Which was not her. That's yeah. why I kept saying, this is not my dog. Yeah. You know, my dog left that. She left Halloween. Yeah. And I, I, because she died on <clears throat> November 8th. So it was like eight days that yeah. I tried to do that. <clears throat> I remember thinking when you were going to go do that, and it's like, you know, you want to kind of be there to say goodbye, but it's like you said, she's she, not was, there. she was already gone. Yeah. I remember, I just, I just vividly remember me just coming over and just, you were emotional and you called me and you wanted me to look at her too and i just saw exactly what you saw i just sat on that on that floor in your laundry room and i was just like that was me saying goodbye to her for 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 me because yeah. i mean that was one of like my favorite frenchies ever i mean it's, it's just but that that was the moment for me where i just kind of i just i just said goodbye to her right there because she was she was already gone yeah so there's just nothing there's nothing you can do. She was only alive with her body. Yeah. It was really weird, which I don't think I've ever heard anybody. I mean, you hear about like, like a dog gets really old and they yeah, lose their mind. Yeah, you get that with like mm -hmm. kooky old, kooky like old a dog. kooky old dog, yeah. but not to have, Almost a, not to have an event yeah. that takes your dog's, yeah. takes her away, except yeah. for her, her body is alive. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, think about it. It's like brain damage. If you had a stroke or something, you, yeah. you know, you're faculties aren't there your body might be alive still but right. like your brain doesn't work properly so her brain doesn't work properly <laughs> and, and that happens with people it's yeah. like some kind of big tragic yeah. uh a traumatic brain injury or something like that and your whole personality who you are gone gone yeah maybe some of it kinds of come back but for the most part whatever you were before 10 seconds ago bye right yeah. not coming back but then then the other thoughts that i had was because I had to ponder on this for a couple of days of 
the exact thing you're talking about. If you had a family member who had a brain injury and their personality is gone, you still love them. You're still going to take care of them. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing with Mui is that is is what am I going to do here? But she keeps relapsing right. with the same thing with if her temperature was, driving. If it was yeah. just the personality thing, you would manage I it. I would manage it and still but love her. But the temperature her. thing is her body is not working. And with 100%. all that panic and all that fear... You know, Her quality you just, of life you just, is zero. You just wonder if it's just like, I don't know, some kind of searing headache that comes on with it, right. or, or, or like something like that. Like you said, is like there that? pressure and like yeah. she can kind of see, but she can't all the way see, yeah. and just no way to know. And, I, and or is it all just mental? It's not physical pain that causes like this enormous panic to where you're going to overheat in three seconds and almost die. Yeah. Every couple of days. Nothing's good comes from neuro. Oh, I hate neuro. Yeah. I just hate neuro. Yeah, you could do the old MRI and see, but, you know, there's well, that's three the thing grand that doc- out the crapper. That's the thing that Dr. Ducote said. She goes, well, you know, we can take her to MRI, which is a whole thing, too. Yeah. You know, transporting her to the imaging center. Yeah, because nobody has an MRI. You have to go to an right. imaging center for that. And you've got to knock her out for that. It's like a whole day process. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? Yeah. For what? What am I, what am I doing yeah. here? I don't, ne- I don't need an MRI to tell me there's something wrong with my dog's brain. Right. Yeah. You know, the writing is on the wall. There's nothing very solvable clear. about your dog's brain. No. No, there is no brain surgery for dogs. No. And like I said, if the if the overheating thing didn't happen a second time, I would go, okay, well, this is my new moo. Yeah. You yeah. know, she's void of personality, but I don't care. I still love her. Yeah. yeah. But I can't have my dog going through this catastrophic event where her body is going to boil alive inside. Yeah. yeah. You know. Not sure I ever loved a dog as much as I loved that dog. There isn't I, a dog like that dog. I think going through what I went through with her, with the wound and the necrotizing fasciitis, and saving her life, only to get hit with it again and taking her life—it just made it worse. <laughs> I felt like I had gone to war with that dog, and we came through. And then to have that happen a year later is like, I think I had to shut that page down for like, I couldn't do it. Yeah. You guys did the page for many days because, well, you didn't even write the post. I wrote the post. No, I couldn't write that post. Man, man, man. But I did, did build the garden outside for Mamui. That's where the babies go. Which I love out there. You know, she's got her own tree and all of our dogs are buried out there. to put some of those videos and move with her babies in there too. 
I will. <laughs> She's so bad. I have all those, yep. <clears throat> so you can see this is hard podca podcast for me. It's been how many years, and here we are. Here I am, still crying over this dog. Yeah. Six years later. I think it's funny how you like love dogs differently than other ones. You know, like like B, I think will be really hard. Oh, for B is going to be really hard it's for me. Really B is like just under Moo in yeah. that category yeah. for you. Uh, Bessie's going to kill me. I think we'll all die if Bessie dies. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard too. It's like it's 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 like what I'm what I'm seeing with 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 Fred right now. It's it's kind of almost like he's already gone. It gives you time to prepare. Yeah. You know. And then you know, in, in the meantime, it's like a, a different relationship is is kind of formed. Yes. So, you know, honestly, what I'm looking at with with Fred right now is that when he goes, it's like. I'm going to be super sad, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like I've been, I've been preparing. Like I did with Georgia. For, for, for this. It's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's an incremental death. Yeah. Incremental. Yeah. Right. But at some point it's a relief because you're taking on this, you know, well, they lived a long, good life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and their quality of life has diminished and it's over mm -hmm. time. And, you, you know, you have acceptance and you have periods, you know, a sudden death for a dog. You know, like, Mui is, you know, she's eight years old. I mean, she's, there's no reason for her to be yeah. dying. And so, catastrophically, to have her, like, ripped out of your hands after you just went through what you went through to save her life. Catastrophically understatement. Yeah. That wasn't a sudden death, though, and that was the worst part about it. It wasn't a sudden death. She was still alive, and you had to decide. Right. And the, just having to decide is the worst. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it, it, was, it, was, it was a sudden death in a way, you know, because as soon as she ran through that door... That she died. Door she died. But if she had died, if it. she had died, died that night, it would have been different than how she actually died. I think it would have been better, yeah. and I and that's mm -hmm. what I always yeah. say. Retrospect, it would have been better, but you wouldn't have known. You would have thought she just overheated. I would have been more confused. Yeah, yeah. and that would have been that and, would have well. Been there hard. would be blame because you would think somehow she overheated and you didn't see it. Or well, you, you probably probably would have had Reno do like a everything autopsy. Like, yeah. Well, you, even that wouldn't show though. You would never know. Well, I guess you could, you, you, you could see, find the brain tumor. Giant tumor yeah. in there. Yeah. Couldn't you x-ray the brain and see if you see any kind of mass mm, instead of no, an MRI? No, see that in an x-ray. No? Because mm -mm, it's soft tissue. You have to have an MRI. Yeah, Trav's going to have a hard time for the old sweeps and the oh, big sexy tiger. See, because Schweeps is not incrementally passing away in front of you. No. She's old, but she's got all of her oh, faculties. Oh, man. She's, yeah. Sharp as a tack. Same thing as B. B is 100%. <laughs> yeah. But B has some, like, she's physical. A little, she's a little wonky in her back legs. That's it. Yeah. She's yeah. not sick. She's not, she's, you know, she's a B's 100% right yeah. there. Yeah, the only thing different with Schweeps is she can't jump on my bed anymore, which right. is like four feet in the air. Right. Sometimes she can. Most of the time she can't. Yeah, I just pick her up now and put her in bed. But like, Sweeps is the only dog that gets to sleep in his bed. She's the only good one. <laughs> That's not true because when I leave, Sweeps and Irene, I put them in the bedroom because I don't like them constantly barking out my windows if I'm not home. And every time now I go in there to let them out, and Irene's just like, <laughs> she's like upside down in her bed. Sweeps is in the big dog bed, and Irene's like. Hola. <laughs> Take this bed. <laughs> yeah, that does not surprise me from her at all. Yes. <laughs> Irene likes a good bed. She's very spicy and she does what she wants. Yeah. 
Yeah, sweeps will absolutely kill me. But Fred is, uh, yeah, he's just he's just not even the same dog at all. No. I mean, he, but luckily with Fred is that he still has his perfect routine down. You know, he's it, it kind of reminds me of just like, you know, somebody who has like, just a, like a mild dementia, but there's someone always there to just keep him on his the I'll rails. Keep him yeah. on the track. Keep him on the rails or your day to day. You know, sometimes he has like a pee accident or something like that in the house, but like whatever. Yeah. But he eats all his meals. He eats all his meds every every time because he's on those heart meds now. Um, but like, you know, normally I'd just be like sitting on the couch, and Mr. Fred just always wants to be like right by you. Um, but nowadays it's like sometimes he'll jump up and he'll sit by me. But if I like shift my weight at all when he's like sleeping, he'll just like wake up and he gets spooked and he he'll like kind of run away. Yeah. Um, he just gets like so easily confused sometimes, and that kind of scares Does him. Does he have his vision? Yeah. 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 And sometimes that kind of sometimes his vision will kind of have trouble, and then sometimes it it just kicks back to normal. It's it's very odd, but he's definitely decline. definitely on, on on the decline, and he's not at all the same dog that you know yep. when when I started with him. Yeah. But he still has quality of life. Sure. Um, you know he he does well. He doesn't really have any stress. Like I said, that stuff on the couch, he just has that sometimes. Um, but he now he just like. He just goes off and just wants to lay in a big old bed in, in, in my master uh, b- bathroom, quietest part of the house. And he just wants to go lay in there and sleep. Yep. When I come home, like I'll go home right now, I'll, he'll be in that little bed in the bathroom. I just kind of tap that little bed a little bit because so, he, his hearing isn't great like at all. I just have to tap that little bed to wake him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he'll, whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> And just goes on to his routine. As soon as you let him outside, he pees. He poops every time after he eats. It's just like the same thing every day. And I just try and maintain that uh, for as long as you can. Because if you still have quality of life, you can keep going. I mean, that's what happens with dogs that lose their sight and they lose their hearing. Is that they still have the tracks of where, you know, like where they move about in the house Mm -hmm. and how they Mm -hmm. move about. Or they have another dog that they follow and they, you know. Mm -hmm. Dogs are amazing like that. Yeah. So anyway, that's the story of Mumu. There's going to be tons of pictures and videos in this podcast. It'll probably make this podcast like two hours long by the time Wes gets all done with it. But Sorry about the gruesome photos, but that was... Sorry, Wes. You're only apologizing to me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of people will be shocked to look at that. Well, if you don't want to look at them, then just listen well, to the Facebook's audio. Well, Facebook's probably going to block them all. Well, no, it's not on Facebook. You put whatever you want on there. Oh. Well, if I you, did if, put if, those if photos on Facebook, any... and they would block them. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, to to some people who are like you know just listening, I think if you could throw a few photos in like the Facebook post for like contrast, you know, it would give them a little more depth. But there's a lot of content of Mui on Facebook. If you if you want to like search Mui on our page, yeah. so you're gonna see a lot of stuff. Well, that was a big deal, and it went on for a long time. It was a big deal, and well, she was a big deal. She was a really big deal, and like I said, the amount of money that people donated to save her life, they then they feel like you know that's like they're invested. Like they're, they're invested in Mui, and yeah. Yeah, like at, that even, po- at that point, Mui belonged to the world. She yeah. belonged to the world, and I was shocked last night when I put the good night post up of Mui to close the night that there was, you know, like 150 people commenting on that post yeah. because they remember, they remember her or they've heard about her, but don't know her story. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, it's a, Mui was huge. Yeah. 
she was huge. In a very small body. In a very, very small, mighty little body. Spicy. Mm. She was very spicy. Had a steam hole. <laughs> Bessie's huge in a small body, but she's not feisty at all. No. 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 Bessie's not, not real bright. Opposite either. of Bowie. You know what? They're both small. The similarity ends there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know what? But Both friendly. Bessie, but Bessie doesn't have any fear either. No. Because she's not smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not because she's fearless. It's just because she's just not that smart. Yeah. She doesn't, she's not smart enough to know that there should be any. She's not a dog. <laughs> she's a mythical creature. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, other, than, other than being tiny, that was, that's just kind of the end of that, was the comparisons of those two. Yeah. I mean, the only other dog similar in Moo Brain is B. Because B is, is very dominant and very B powerful. B took the role. Yes. When when Moo died, yeah, it's yeah, totally. BB, I see you, BB. Oh, BB. Hi, BB. BB. I'm getting old too. Yep. Wonky back legs. And as soon as the B's not here, Pinky will take that role because Pinky is very powerful little dog. She wants to be far more powerful than she is. She does. B keeps her in check. All right, guys, that's my cryy podcast. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> <Yeah>. Cool story, bro. <laughs> Good night, night, everybody. Okay. Thanks, guys.